Hallelujah. Good morning, world changers. Come on, you could do better than that. The Lord woke you up this morning. Clearly, you're breathing, so that means that God's been good to you. Amen? Come on and stand to your feet, and let's give God some glory, because he deserves it all. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you know you're free today, feel free to step into the aisle and get your shout on. Amen. Sing a little louder than before. Oh, 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 oh. I want to jump higher than before. I want to shout louder oh, than before. Can you help me sing? Freedom, freedom, oh, freedom, freedom, freedom. 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 I want to sing a little louder than before. Oh, 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 oh. I want to spin wilder than before. Yeah. I've got to shout louder yeah. than before. Everybody sing. I want to worship deeper than before. I've got to scream louder than before. Can you help me sing? No more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Yeah. Come on, can you sing it with me? Say, no more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Yeah. Come on and sing it again. Say, no more shackles, no more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. If you believe it, come on and 
dance the dance of freedom. Say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, we're going to sing this part like, like we believe it. Are y'all ready? Say, no more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Sing it with me. Say, no more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Now, this is your last time. To sing it like you mean it. Shake it no off. Come on. No more chains. No more bondage. I am free. Yeah. Come on. Are you ready to dance the dance of freedom? Hallelujah. 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 The sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Do you believe you're free? Glory to God. Hallelujah. For you're worthy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh God, you created us to praise. So today we're going to show forth that praise. Glory. Hallelujah. You created us to praise, so we will show forth your praise, and we shall do it, we shall do it. You created us to praise, so we will show forth your praise, and we shall do do it. Come on and sing with me. You created us to praise, so we will show forth your praise, and we shall do it. We shall do it. You created us. You created us to praise, so we will show forth your
worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. Hallelujah. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. Come on, this is you talking Hallelujah. to him, to the Father. Tell him. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you.
for who he is. Hallelujah. I call him a way maker, a miracle worker, promise keep.
worship you. I worship you. You are here. You are healing every life. I worship you. I worship you. You I worship you, I worship you, you you are mending every heart, I worship you, I worship his name is Waymaker. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. music say waymaker waymaker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness that is who you are that is who you are you are waymaker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god my god Promise keep light in the darkness. That is who you are. Hallelujah. 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 Promise keeper, he's the light in the darkness. That is who he is. That is who you are. That is who you are. Hallelujah. 
You are our way maker. Every single time. Every single time when it looks like nothing's going to happen. When it looks like our world has turned upside down. You are our way maker. When it looks like that bill, you don't know how that bill is going to get paid. He is our way maker. Hallelujah. Glorify your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just take a moment to quiet down and listen to what he has to say. Spirit, thank you for the wisdom that you give us, for guiding us, for leading us daily. There is no way without you. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. 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 Thank you, praise team. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Woo. Well, welcome to World Changes Church Houston. Amen was good stuff. Amen. And it's always good to, you know, always good to get into praise and worship, to scream, shout, jump, cry, do whatever you have to do. But it's so important that we just take a moment and that we listen. After we do all that, that we listen to what he says, what he has for us. 
so that we can go and be obedient to him, to his voice. Because he's going to lead us in the direction, in his direction, the right direction every single time. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, turn to your neighbor say, welcome neighbor. Let's uh, take 60 seconds to welcome each other. If I have any first time visitors, will y'all wave to me, please? We want to acknowledge you. Thank you so much for being with us. Amen. Well, welcome again, once again, to World Changers Church Houston. Pastor Archie and I just want to say, I'm Melissa, for our visitors. Um, just say, we're so glad you're here. We know, it's not a, uh, we know it's not by mistake that you're here. We know that God has something for you. And not just for our visitors, for all of us. We know every single time we come in here, Pastor Archie has a word that uh, is either needed, will be needed. Uh, so we're just so thankful you, everyone is here with us. Um, Sorry, somebody called me. Um, first, I would like to say thank you all to those who helped yesterday with our fall festival. Just give yourselves a hand. It was so amazing. We had so much fun. We had um, <clears throat> we had lots of toys. I mean, the prizes and giveaways and food and the kids were so cute in their costumes. It was great. So thank you all who. Um, who came and helped. Thank you, Brother John, for making the delicious hamburgers and hot dogs. So we so appreciate that. Um, I just have a couple of announcements. Uh, our new members department probably invites you to attend uh, our graduation today at, immediately after service. So if you want to support that, you can stay. It'll be immediately after service. Um, we have a Christmas decorating project coming up. Um, I believe it's going to be November 16th. Um, I believe it's going to be November 16th at 9 a.m., but we'll get you more um, information on that. I do know it's not November 9th, <laughs> so um, we'll get that corrected. Also, our Global Missions presents our Thanksgiving Feeding Families at, on the 16th. There's no date on that. Is that right? Okay. And uh, we will be uh, ministering to our community, uh, the community apartments that we um, go out every Saturday, witness to, minister to, uh, hand out food boxes. So we'll be ministering to those on November 16th as well. 
um, at what time, Masato? At 10 a.m. So please, if you want to donate, you can put that on the offering. Um, Thanksgiving Feeding Family or Thanksgiving Dollar Global Missions, whatever's easier for you. You can donate that way. You can um, donate food boxes or food for our food boxes to give away that day. And don't forget to join us every Saturday uh, for our corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is has been so amazing uh, from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. So any Saturday you're available, any Saturday you're in town, any Saturday you are free, please join us every Saturday at 8 a.m. Here is for one hour. Uh, somebody called it, we're not calling it this, but somebody called it the power of hour. I was like, that. first of all, that's so 1980s. However, <laughs> I was like, 1980s called, they want their phrase back. However, it really is. So uh, we've enjoyed our time. So please join us on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Um, that's all the announcements I have for you. Um, today, we just want to, or right now, we just want to give a, 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 take this moment. If you have any prayer request, uh, I'm not going to have the counselors come down. Uh, but if you have a prayer request, I'm going to request that you just stand up and those around you will pray with you, will come into agreement with you, whatever uh, that is that you need prayer for, uh, you're believing God for, you're standing for. It could be you, your husband, your, your wife, your uh, kids, anything, the job, healing. So let's, if, you, if that's you, let's stand and so those around you can pray with you.
thank you, Heavenly Father, for um, hearing our cry, Lord. Thank you that we know we come from a position of thankfulness and not needing because we have all we need according to your word, Lord. So we thank you that every prayer request that went out today, we say all is well, it is done, we believe it, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Come on, if he's been good to you, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's go ahead and grab those communion elements right where you're at. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to take communion. We thank you for the body of Jesus that makes us whole, heals us, makes everything right in our lives. We thank you right now that there is nothing missing, lacking or broken. We declare peace because of his body. And Lord, we thank you because of his blood, we have been redeemed. There's no currency, no currency more powerful than the blood of Jesus that bought us, that paid the price, that reconciled us and made us right. We thank you for your blood. And as we partake today, we do it in remembrance of what is already finished in every area of our lives. We believe it, we receive it, and we call it done. In Jesus' name, you may eat and you may drink. Thank you. Say this with me, Father God. We thank you. We believe. We receive all that was made available that day on the cross. We call it done. In Jesus' name. Amen. We did that extended prayer because some of y'all were still getting your elements, I saw. Amen. So let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's go to God in prayer for our uh, message on today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Father God, we thank and praise you for this another opportunity to minister to these, your precious sheep. We thank you, Lord, for the revelation knowledge will flow freely, uninterrupted, and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. I thank you that it is you doing all the speaking, it is you doing all the thinking, none of me and all of you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 
Well, welcome once again to World Changers Church Houston. Uh, on behalf of my wife and I, we're just glad that you made it out. Uh, we thank you for coming and worshiping with us on today. We're going to be continuing um, in the series that we, we kind of paused on to dive a little deeper on attitude. Um, we were talking about right living and right ruling. And we were talking about four specific things that we identified that we needed to be able to do as believers if we were going to live in the manner that God has created us to as believers, amen? Uh, we understood at that time that if I'm going to live right, uh, I had to declare who, who I was, which in essence is a ruler, amen? Somebody says, what makes, how, what makes you that? Well, the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, amen? You are seated with the king of kings. You are co-heir with him that makes you kings and queens. Amen? Uh, now, he, he, however, is not a typical ruler. He's not a ruler like many rulers are here on earth. You know, if you look at um, kings, queens, presidents, um, prime ministers, and, and people here on earth, oftentimes you see people who lead with a, a selfish motive. It's just being really real. Because people hear this, and then they, they hear being a king or a queen or whatever like that, and they equate it with earthly rulership, and that's not quite what we're talking about. Because many of those uh, people who govern or rule do so with self-interest. Amen? But, but Jesus, when he was here on earth, he ruled, but it was with no self-interest. That's what kind of threw... Some of the Jews and folks off and every, uh, even the disciples when they were with them, they were like, oh, are you about to be the, the king like to rule everybody? And then the Romans got a little nervous because they were like, wait, this guy's saying he's the king of kings. And they thought he was going to bring all of these people together and wage war against them and try to take over land. And Jesus wasn't concerned about possessing land. He was concerned about possessing you. Amen. Jesus didn't rule with self-interest. He simply ruled with love. And see, and that's kind of a foreign concept to people. When they hear that, they're like, wait, what do you mean rule by love? I'm talking about ruling by the love that God gives. I'm talking about ruling by unconditional, unfailing, never-ending love. Because according to 1 John 4, 8, God is love. According to 1 Corinthians 13, I believe it's 8, it says love never fails. So someone who rules by love is someone who's ruling by God's ways is somebody who's ruling and will never, ever fail. So while ruling by love may sound weak, it may sound cheap, it's the best way and really the only way that a Christian can successfully operate in who God has created them to be. So knowing that, we then would need to start figuring out how do I do that? Because to rule this way requires help. I mean, unless you're ready to do it all on your own right now. I mean, unless you ain't sinned at all this month. Unless you hadn't made any mistakes. Somebody say, well, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, you know, the bottom line is, is uh, when Jesus went on the cross, uh, well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but right before he did, he talked to the disciples and he said, listen, I'm going to send you help so that when I'm gone, you'll be able to live the way God wants you to live. That help is known as the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us 
rule in life or live life the way God has designed us to. But what's very interesting is, is in church nowadays, you hear very little preaching on the Holy Ghost. I mean, let's just talk for a second. Is it okay if we talk for a second? That's literally like not preaching Jesus. That's literally like just, just talking about God in general. How can I come to church and not hear about the Holy Spirit when he's the one who's here right now helping me live? You want to know why? It's because in today's church in general, what we've done is we've created a mixture of performance-based Christianity and kind of grace-based Christianity. It's like I believe God loves me and he saved me. I believe I'm delivered, but I still got to do some stuff. And see, in the moment you have to do something, you are now taking over the job of the Holy Spirit. So people have a hard time reconciling. Well, what does he do and what do I do? How does he function and then what do I do? Because we as humans, we love to do stuff. We're very merit-based. We're very performance-based. Why? Because that's how we train our children up even from a young age. Amen? You do and then you get we sing songs about Santa Claus about it. Are you, have you been naughty or nice? Because if you've been naughty, guess what? Christmas, as my mother used to say, is canceled. And I think she used to do that because money was tight, but she would wait until we would do anything. I'm like, my birthday is December 24th. Hey, write it down. Uh, and, and I was just, and it would mess me up. Because when Christmas was canceled, that means my birthday was canceled. And, you know, when we grow up in a very performance-based world, you know, if you do this and you get that, I mean, imagine at work. I mean, it's the same thing. You go to work, you get paid. Everything is you do this, you get that. And then we fooled around and saw in the Bible in the Old Testament where it was very performance-based as well. It was very do this, and then you get that. And then what we did was we took that and said, well, that's the way we're supposed to live because that's what I see every day in the natural. And then I also saw some things in the Word. But we lost track of the rest of the Bible that talks about, yes, that was the law. Everybody says the law. But the law was made, the word says, the law was designed and made to show you your sin. It was not designed to transform you. It was not designed to save you. We're going to see some scriptures where it was not, where we see it was not designed to change you. It was designed to show you that you needed a savior. Those 613 laws were shown to say, live by this, and if you live by this, then you'll be right with God. But then right after God gave those commandments, he then said, so when you break these, here's a sacrificial system that will cover your sins for a year. Why would he tell you to do something and then give you a way to fix it when you don't do it? because he knew you couldn't do it. Uh, let me show you something real quick. Uh, go to 1 John, and then we're going to go back to our other scriptures. Go to 1 John 2, 1, because that's, that's in the Old Testament with the law, but, but check out something even in the New Testament. Read this with me. Ready? Read. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. Stop right there. 
So he, the author is saying, I'm writing this to you so that you, what, so that you won't what? So he's encouraging you not to. He's saying you should not. Are we on the same page? What's that next word? Don't be scared to say it. What does it say? <laughs> say it one more time. But. Now, whenever you see but in the word, that means now forget about everything you just read now and pay attention. Now, am I reading the Bible with you? Is this my words or the word of the Lord? Okay, let's keep reading. Let's read together. Ready? But, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Now, the author says, don't sin. I'm writing this to you so you don't sin. But, sounds like the Old Testament, Old Covenant. 613 laws, here's how you're supposed to live. But, here's a way to sacrifice if you mess up. I'm writing this to you so you don't sin, but now you no longer have to sacrifice because you have the sacrifice who shed his blood for you, who is Jesus Christ. You have an advocate. What is the advocate? An advocate's like a lawyer. An advocate's somebody who's pleading your case. And what Jesus is doing right now, that even if you sin, even if you mess up, you have Jesus in heaven in front of the Father saying, listen, I plead the case of my blood for them. My blood has already paid the price for that mistake that they just made. So you cannot punish them. You cannot send them to hell, not because they're good, but because my blood was so good that it took care of their sins once and for all. You have an advocate. Sin is no longer an issue, meaning an issue that's going to send you to hell if you believe in Jesus. Now, if I do not believe in Jesus, is he still my advocate? How can you have a lawyer you don't believe in? He's still advocating, but it takes salvation. You're believing in him so that you can receive him on your case. <laughs> it's like me telling you, hey, I got a free lawyer. He's the best lawyer there is. You going to jail. As a matter of fact, you're going to get double death penalty. You're going to get double death penalty. It's guaranteed to you, but I have the only lawyer who can rescue you and get you out of this mess. I've seen him plead millions of cases, and he wins every single time. Now, he's the best. As a matter of fact, he's pleading cases right now. Would you like him to take your case? Now, it is up to you whether you allow him to take your case. Doesn't change who he is, doesn't change what he does, doesn't change the fact that you have the opportunity, but it is your choice to believe in him. Now, you know what some people do? Some people turn around and say, well, I know that's what he does, but you know what, I, can, I got this. Wait, but he's, he's won every case he's ever tried. Yeah, but I got this. Yeah, but you, you, don't, you don't know even the judge. You don't know the prosecutor. You don't know nothing. All you know is your mistake. 
That's all you're aware of is how much you've messed up. You're aware of your issue, and because you think you're a master of your issue, which you ain't even a master of that, because if that was the case, you'd have stopped. But, but you, you think just because you know something about your mistake that you know something about the whole process. This is for somebody. How, how about you just let him? How about you just trust him? This is what he do. This is what he's great at. And he's already defeated this prosecutor forever. The judge is his daddy. It's a family thing up in that courtroom. Why on earth would you walk in there and try to fight a prosecutor who is already defeated, try to plead a case that has already been pleaded, you're going to look like a fool. Why don't you just close your mouth and sit down and let him do what he do? But that requires belief. That requires faith. If you don't believe in him and what he's done, I didn't say believe of him. See, that's, what, that's the mistake right now with today's church. We believe of Jesus. We believe of God. We know what they said. We, there's been so much word going around in this world that we know what they said. We just don't believe it for us. We just don't have faith in it for us. And some of us have been going to church for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years wondering why things aren't working in our lives is because we've been believing of him and not in him. It's time to believe in him. And that's what we're going to dive into today. I guess that was just the introduction. But that's what we're going to dive into today is how do I believe in him? Because many of you want to, how many of you guys want to change? There's things in your life you just want to change. You want to see change. Well, if, I got, if I'm going to change, it has to start with do I believe in him? Because if I believe in him, then I'll realize I already possess the power to change. Amen? Amen. You might be able to go home off of that, but okay, let's just keep, let's just keep digging it and see where we end up at. So, uh, go with me to Romans chapter 3, verse 20. I'm going to make a statement, and then we'll get ready to, a couple of statements, and then we'll go into that uh, scripture. We said this on Wednesday night. We said people should always be looking to change and grow. Because a person who no longer changes is a person who's no, who is no longer growing. I mean, imagine if you had the same understanding as you did when you were in kindergarten. I mean, think about that. You just learned your ABCs, and that's all you know. You can't read, you barely can write, and you 45. You don't know what one plus one is. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you, does it? He loves you with your special self, but it's just what it is, is is you have now limited yourself to be able to operate effectively in this world. You're not growing if you're not changing. So people who want, who people who don't change are people who will no longer grow. I don't know about you, but I'm looking to continue to change. So where does change come from? True change, true change doesn't come from the law. We just talked about that. The law is not making me change. The law shows me I need to change. 
True change doesn't come from the law. It doesn't come from self-effort. The law has no power to change us. The law has no power to make us right. And the law has no power to justify us. True change does not come from the law. This is, this is I'm just kind of putting something out there against this religious thing. Because that's what many people would tell you. Well, if you just do the commandments, you'd be all right. And I'm not against uh, what I'm about to say, but the last I checked, they used to have in, in a lot of um, courtrooms, and some may still have them, they used to have a Ten Commandments in a lot of courtrooms. And even though those Ten Commandments were there, how many of you guys know courtrooms never closed? Think about that. I'm, I'm for the commandments being there, that's fine. But those commandments didn't change nobody. People walk right in there, see them commandments, Walk right out, go to jail, and someone will walk right back out to the street when they got out and do the same thing. Last I checked, the law never changed anybody. The law doesn't make us righteous, but we know the one who does. Romans 3.20, are we there? It says, for no one can ever be made right with God by what? Doing what the law commands. That's the proof of what I just said. Now, by the way, y'all know I'm not talking about the law like out in the street, right? Okay, I just want to be clear. You got to make it plain. I just going on the internet and stuff. So, you know, I'm not saying you go out there. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Archie said that you can just break the law. It ain't going to change nothing. No, you're going to be loved by Jesus in jail. Um, no, we're talking about the law of the Old Testament. Amen. It, it, it doesn't change anybody. It says no one has ever made right with God by doing what the law commands, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. What does that mean? It shows us that we have issues. Issues that we can't fix. It's supposed to lead us to a place that says, I want to change this, but I don't know how. God help me. That's what the law is supposed to do. It's supposed to show you that you got problems. Anybody ever had a problem in, their, in, in his room? For those who are not agreeing, you got a problem lying. We'll pray for you later. <laughs> but but that's, that's what it's just showing us that you, you look at them laws and say, ooh, I, that's too hard. I got to eat what? I got to do what? I got I to gotta dress which way? I can't touch this. I can't do it. Oh, my goodness. I, woo, I can't do that. Lord, help me. I want to be right with you, but this I can't, I can't do. That's what the law does. It shows us how sinful we are. Uh, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. Uh, go verse, uh, verse uh, next verse. But now, somebody say, but now. But now. What we talked about earlier about that word, but. Better pay attention to everything else that's coming up. <laughs> but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised, this way was promised that he's talking about in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. That's why you don't throw away the Old Testament, by the way. Some people will just get rid of the Old Testament. No, that's, no, what are you talking about? It, it, the, the, the Old Testament talks about Jesus. Amen. Verse 22, we are made right with God. We are made right with God. Anybody want to be right with God? Well, this is the answer. We are made right with God, not by the law, but by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. 
I don't know what you've been taught, don't know what you've been told, but it's that simple. I said it's that simple. It's not about you being perfect. It, 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 this is what you got to understand. Right behavior and right living comes after right believing. When I believe in Jesus, now I receive him. Having been made right with God, the Holy Spirit now lives on the inside of me. Now I have the voice of God in me. Now I know what to do. I can live right because I can hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. But that comes after I believe in Jesus Christ. I am never mad at a sinner sinning. Sinners sin. That's who they are. People look at sinners in the world and, and, and religious Christians, oh my goodness. Blah, blah, blah. But they, they're sinner. That's like being mad at a cat for being a cat. Why are you being mad? Cats meow. That's what they do. How dare you meow? What the, that's what they do. Just because you found the better way doesn't make you better. I'm going to say that again just so you hear me. Just because you found the light, just because you found the way, just because you made it to the other side, doesn't make you better. What makes you right by him, like we said earlier, ruling by love, is to build a bridge for them to get to him. The bridge is your witness. The bridge is your testimony. The bridge is, is following the Holy Ghost saying, now go and love them. Go and bring them to me. We're made right by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for who? No, it's just true for black people. Oh, no, it's just true for white folk. Oh, no, it's just true for Hispanics. It's just true for men. You know, they got this thing right now that women can't preach. Well, women preach better than men half the time. What you talking about? Amen. I saw that on the internet. And I thought, what they, they going off on women preachers now? Don't they realize that grace equalizes us all? I said grace equalizes us all. This is true for everyone who believes. I used to be a Muslim, but now I believe. I used to be a homosexual, but now I believe. I used to be uh, whatever, but now I believe. I don't look at your behavior and then say, this doesn't apply to you. Your behavior will change when you believe. But see, the enemy is trying to get us caught up in so much religion that we reject those who don't look like us or act like us, not realizing that they're at the point of belief. And you ain't finished changing, so how are you going to get all up on them for not changing fully yet? Just because we can't see your sin don't make us no better than them. Kanye make an album and everybody won't freak out. Is he saved or is he not? Now, when he wasn't saved and he was acting a fool, and people were talking about he's supposed to get saved. Not a man who said he got saved or made a little album and now people tripping off of that. Snoop Dogg made a Christian album not too long ago. People rejected that. What y'all, what, what, what we want? We want people to be saved or not? What we want, church? We got to make up our mind. Because then when they get saved and they do one thing, 
One thing to say, I'm like y'all, please accept me. We reject them and then wonder why they run right back to the world. This is why we as the church have to change ourselves, I mean, be, be, be changed ourselves so that when the world needs the love of God who is in us, we'll reflect and rule by his love. There, there are people who, who are right on the edge. They believe of Jesus, they believe of God, and they're ready to believe in them, and they need to see them in us. And then they can truly change. But we have to change. No more watered-down, halfway Christianity. No more of this, I'm turning my nose up at you on one side, but acting all holy in church on the other side. It's time to believe. I said it's time to believe. He says, and this is true for everyone who believes, verse, uh, keep going. No matter who we are. Do you see the Bible today? Do you see the word today? Then I encourage you to reject anything that contradicts this. I don't care what it says in your post. I don't care what it says in your feeds. I don't care what it says on your TV. I don't even care what it says from certain pulpits. If it's rejecting people, then it's rejecting his love. I'll say that, Lord. I don't care what it says in any law. I'm talking about the ones out there. If it rejects people, it's wrong. God's love receives. And then that love changes. We're trying to change people without the love. The law doesn't change. It only shows you a problem. His love changes. Somebody said, well, it's the law, so because of the law, it's right. Well, if that was the case, then, and we just stuck by the laws of the land, 40, 50 years ago, or maybe 60, 70 years ago, I couldn't stand up here and preach to y'all. Thank you, too. I mean, if it was 60, 70 plus years ago, because Melissa's as bright as she is, people think she is white. If we was down here in Texas, we couldn't even be married. It was the law. Just because something's the law doesn't make it right. Christians have to understand that we are ruled by the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Now, I'm not saying you go out there and you break every law. What I'm saying is, is you allow the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct you so that you can be a part of changing that law so that it lines up with God's love. Don't sit up there and complain. Don't sit up there and post about it all day. No, get your tail up, go vote. Get your tail up, go down to Austin. Get your tail up and go do what you need to do to infect everyone and everything around you with the love of God so that thing changes and lines up with his love. That's right ruling. That's right living. If you understand that, say amen. Galatians 3.11, let's go there. So it's not the law that changes me. It's true change doesn't come from the law. If anything, I'm affecting true change outside of that. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to do what? Keep the law. Says it right there again. Let's go to Galatians 2.16. We'll just hit a few more of these and we'll keep going. Because I need to make sure you see some of these things are so radical, it's important that you, you see them in the Bible. Amen. Don't ever take a preacher's word for nothing. Amen. You better take the Holy Spirit talking to you through this scripture. 
says, yet we know that a person is made right with God. How? By faith in who? Not doing what? Okay, there it is again. Romans 7, 6. Y'all got Romans back there? Amen. But now we have been released. Now we have been released. Now we have been... You are no longer held captive. You are no longer bound by. You are no longer beholden to the law. The, the Old Testament law in the, in the Word. No. We can serve God. You don't have to serve the law. You can serve God directly. Keep going. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. If I want to serve God, I should be living in the Spirit. If I want to serve God, think about this, I should be living in the Spirit. I should be following what the Holy Spirit on the inside of me is telling me to do, not the letter of the law. I don't go to the Old Testament letter of the law and say, let me see how I should live. I have the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Who is the Holy Spirit? Yeah, he's God. I have God living on the inside of me telling me this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Why would I override that and try to go back into the Old Testament, but let me be more specific, go back into the law and then try to figure out how to live. He's telling you. But can we just be real one more time? That means I have to have a relationship with him. That means I have to take time to hear him. That means I have to take time to know him. Many people don't want to take that time no more. It's like if I can't download it, if I can't upload it, if I can't see it on the app, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you, there is no app for relationship with Christ. There is no app for relationship with God. There is no, no YouTube tutelage page. There's no TikTok, no Snapchat, and whatever else to show you this is relationship with God. It takes bona fide time with him. I mean, think about it with your wife or your husband or your friends. You don't know them unless you do what? Spend time with them. And if you don't spend time with them and you don't know them, you'll never get any benefit out of that relationship. And we're trying to live life with this false relationship with God, saying we have it just because we say it, but it's not really there. And then we wonder why healing is not showing up. We wonder why uh, the manifestation of his grace in, in, in the, by the way of the blessing is not showing up. Why prosperity isn't showing up. Why peace isn't showing up. It's not showing up because he who is in you who can tell you how to run into all of that is speaking, but you don't have a relationship so you can't hear. So he's saying go that way and you're going this way because you think this is the best way to go. Because that's what somebody told you. I think it's time to stop listening to everybody else and start listening to the Holy Spirit. I think it's time to start investing, that we start investing again in our relationship with God. Somebody says, what does that look like? Let me make it real plain for you. Prayer is one major way to invest time with God. Just getting before God. And understand, not getting before God, begging him for everything. I wish I could do a quick Q&A thing because uh, I know some of you guys know this, but, but the reason why getting with God and then saying, can you do this, can you do that, can you do this, can you do that, is a waste of your time. 
Somebody just said it, because it's already done. Did you know that every time you get before God and ask him to do something like that that's already done, what you're actually doing is saying, I don't believe you did it? I'm just telling you, I, guys, I got 25 minutes. I ain't got no time to beat around a bush with you. You might not come back next week. I got to tell you the truth. Getting before God and asking him to do something he's already done by his son's blood is a waste of your time. Why? Because it's done. It's finished. But getting before God and say, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you that you've healed me. I thank you that you've delivered me. I thank you that you've set me free. I thank you that you've made me the head and not the tail. I thank you. That's something that's productive for your time. Enter into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. It says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. I serve a good God. We said that last, last Wednesday, James Brown had it right when he said good God, because that's what it is. He's a good God. And when I get before him, I want to remind him of his goodness. I want to thank him for his favor in my life. I want to thank him for his son's blood, because the more I speak it and the more I say it, the more I'm reminded of who he is, and now I'm getting to know him better and better and better, and now I can hear his voice and be led in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And before I know it, I'm bumping into manifested blessing after blessing after blessings. Why? Because I'm walking in step with my God. This, this, this is how we're supposed to be living. But I got to get past all this this other stuff, all this other junk that tells me this is what you're supposed to be believing, this is what you're supposed to be living, this is what you're supposed to be doing. I don't want to hear none of that. Shut up. I want to hear the Holy Ghost. Yes. And if, if you ain't preaching revelation from the Holy Spirit, I ain't got no time for it. Some of us sit in church and we don't want to hear something like I heard this before because you have. It's just the same stuff over and over and over again. But, but sometimes we have a hard time sitting and listening to radical revelation because all of a sudden it starts messing with those things on the inside of us called religious spirits that try to keep you stuck where you are. And one dear brother said that, you know, one time he was hearing truth from revelation from the word of God as we're preaching it, and he was struggling and was saying, like, you know, I was getting a check in my spirit, and I thought it was because of what y'all was saying, and in reality, the Holy Spirit was saying, no, it's not what they're saying, it's how you're hearing it. And that was the check, that you need to change the way you're hearing. You need to adjust your ears, because you're so used to hearing law. You're so used to hearing stuff that's not true, that when you actually hear Jesus, you don't even know him. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the word. Jesus is grace. And when people hear grace, they don't even realize it's Jesus. Who saved you? I say, who saved you? What does Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says? For by grace are you saved. Who saved you? Who is Jesus? But people don't, they can't even... They can't even put two and two together, not realizing that, oh, Jesus is grace. And then people reject the message of grace, not realizing I'm rejecting Jesus. He is grace. Now, Jesus is also the word, correct? 
So if I reject grace and I reject Jesus, I'm actually rejecting In John 1, it says the word is the truth, that Jesus is the truth, the way of the life. If I reject grace and I reject Jesus and I'm rejecting the word, I'm actually rejecting truth, I'm rejecting life, and I'm receiving lies, and I'm receiving death. And then I wonder why fruit is not being produced in my life. It's because you've been deceived. What they say, hoodwink, bamboozle. What, <laughs> you, you've been... A, You've been lied to. And the devil's worked overtime to keep you tangled up, chasing your tail, trying to receive something that you already got. Using the same trick he played on Adam and Eve in the garden. If you do this, then you will be like God. Self-performance, doubt in what God said, Doubt in their identity. Genesis 1, 20, I think 5 and 6 already said that they were made in the image and likeness of God. But here they are trying to be like God without God. Believing a lie because they entertain the enemy. They entertain somebody who was already lower than them. They entertain somebody who they already had authority over. Did you realize that? They were created in his image and likeness, the Bible says, correct? And they were given dominion, not over people, but they were given dominion over what? All the earth and everything that creeped, creeped upon it. Last I checked, snakes used to have feet in that sense, and he was creeping in the garden. They had authority over him, yet they were listening to him and gave him authority over them the moment they began to listen to what he said. You need to stop giving people and other things authority into your life by listening to what they say. You got, you got the truth on the inside of you. Don't bow down to things that are beneath you. Lord, we got to get off of this point. Amen. <laughs> so true change definitely does not come from the law. Grace, who is Jesus, did what the law could not. Grace, who is Jesus, actually saved you and changed you from the inside out. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans 8, 1. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who believe, oh, sorry, those who belong to Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. There's no shame. There's no guilt. There will be no suffering for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's why anytime you start feeling condemnation, that's not God. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been saved for a while, and I used to live life by condemnation. When I felt condemned, I, that was my indicator that the Holy Spirit was telling me that was wrong. Because that's what I was taught. Until I saw that the Holy Spirit, I mean, sorry, until I saw that those who are in Christ Jesus don't live by condemnation because you shouldn't be being condemned. Now, the Holy Spirit will tell you what's wrong in your life, and he will tell you the right way to go but he's not making you feel like crap. That's not him. Because for those of you who've been trapped in that before, like I was, you start figuring after a while and a while and a while of living that way, all of a sudden you start getting depressed. All of a sudden you start feeling hopeless. Why? Because I keep trying to change and nothing's happening. So I must just have a problem. And that's a trap from the enemy. 
Condemnation does not come from God. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who belong to Christ Jesus. Verse 2, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Those of us who are saved should be experiencing freedom. The last I checked, freedom doesn't feel bad. I said the last I checked, freedom doesn't feel bad. If you're walking around feeling shamed and condemned and bad, that's not freedom. Can we make it real plain today? That ain't freedom. That's bondage. And you got to back up and check your thinking and check your mind and say, wait a minute, am I falling into law again? Am I falling into these rules? Am I falling into regulations? Am I falling into the lies of the enemy? Because the enemy knows how to try to imitate the voice of God. Did you know the enemy will speak the word? Didn't he speak it to Jesus? Oh, I didn't know the enemy could spit scripture like that. Yes, he can. He will speak the word to try to deceive you. If he did it to Jesus, what makes you think he won't do it? He ain't trying to do it to you. Let's keep going. What was that? Romans 8, 4? Yeah, let's look at um, Ephesians 2, 89. We'll go back there. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. We're supposed to go up to verse 4. Uh, verse 3, let's keep going. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did not, sorry, did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. Now you're no longer a sinner anymore because now you're saved. Amen. Keep going. And in that body, God declared what? An end. Do you guys see these words that are being used? You're free. This sin has an end. An end to sin's control over us. So the devil is not making you do nothing. Y'all like, this too much responsibility. See, that's what you got to understand. The responsibility is on him. All you got to do is believe and carry it out. All you got to do is let go. It's only too much responsibility if you still try to hold on to the controls. You got to let go. God declared an innocence control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4. He did this so that the just requirement, there was a requirement of the law, would be fully satisfied for us. The law had to be satisfied. The payment had to be made in order for man to be right with God. So he gave us Jesus to fulfill the requirement of the law. Now that that requirement has been fulfilled, now that that law has been paid, now that that mortgage has been paid off, now that that note has been completely taken care of, there is no more payment to be made. Who no longer follow our sinful nature. Uh, oh, go, go back. Um, let me read the end of that. He did this uh, so that the just requirement of the law will be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, us who no longer follow our sinful nature, us who no longer follow our sinful nature. But instead, if I'm no longer going to follow my sinful nature, I should be following the Spirit. 
I should no longer be following the sinful nature. What's the sinful nature? That's an unbelieving nature. That's a nature that believes in us more than God. That's a nature that believes in what we see, touch, and feel more than God. That's a carnal nature the Bible talks about. Carnal is just meaning, meaning just, it just means of the five senses. It just means what I see, what I feel, what I can touch, what I hear, I believe that more than the Holy Spirit. That's the way the world lives. That's why the world is so intrigued and so uh, entertained by things that they can touch, feel, see, and all that type of stuff. But we as believers, we don't operate by what we see. We operate by what the Holy Spirit tells us. Let me say it very clear. We operate by faith. And faith, by definition, is what I can't see that he says. I'll say that again. Faith, by its very definition, is what I can't see that he says. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. If I can see it, it doesn't require faith to possess it. Amen? If I said, somebody come get this little pencil, wouldn't be hard to do, would it? Why? Because you see it. You know where it is. I'm not going to throw this, but if I threw it somewhere and you couldn't see it, <laughs> and I said, find the pencil, and you didn't just see that, <laughs> you would say, what? What pencil? I don't know what you're talking about. But I said, but there's a pencil. And it's yours. Now, for you to move will require what? Yeah, faith, trust, confidence in what I'm saying. And that's what you got to understand. Faith is a response to what you believe according to the word of God. It doesn't take faith to do something that you can already see. Go get the pencil. Well, I'm doing what God said. Mm, Last I checked, God normally is operating by faith in that sense, or he requires you to operate by faith, which means you probably won't see in the natural what he's saying. You're just going to have to trust him. I said you're just going to have to trust him. How do I know I trust him? Because I'm moving. I should see, I should see, I should see your faith. Why? Because I see you in motion. Let me show you this. Go to Habakkuk, I think it's chapter 2. Yeah, chapter 2, we're actually going to start in verse 1. Habakkuk 2, 1, it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. Keep going. There I will do what? Wait to see, not the natural stuff, I will wait to see what the Lord says. That sounds like faith. How can you see what's said? I said, how can you see what's said? Faith. See, this is why I love when we let the Holy Spirit teach and we let him preach because then stuff is revealed to you that you didn't see before. I'll wait to see what's said. I'm up on my watchtower. I'm where I'm supposed to be, but now I'm waiting in faith to see what he says and how he will answer my complaint. Verse 2. Then the Lord said, I ain't did nothing. I'm just there waiting to see in faith. And I hear his voice. Some of you think you can't hear God's voice. You think he won't say nothing to you. Just be where he says and then be in faith. And he will speak. 
Then the Lord said to me, write, now here's instructions. Write my answer plainly. One translation says in big block letters. Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Write my vision down, I think the King James says, and make it plain so he that runs with it can read it. I love, there was one translation I saw earlier, and I, for the sake of time, I can't turn to it. I think it was, I might have been amplified uh, or the message. It was one of those. But it literally says, so it can be read while you're running. And I stopped, and that, that, that shook something on the inside of me. I said, wait a minute. I can't read nothing while I'm running. <laughs> I mean, I'll trip and fall. How many of you guys know it requires some faith to read while you're in motion, while you're running? That, that, that statement is a faith. I'm, I'm running and I'm reading what he says. Why? Because he's steadily giving me stuff as I'm moving. That's how I know I'm in faith, because I'm moving, and I'm constantly receiving as I'm moving. I don't sit there and say, well, I can't do nothing until you show me the whole thing, Lord. Once you show me the whole thing, then I'll move. Again, you're waiting to see, and then you'll move? That's not faith. It's when he says something, and then I get to moving. That's faith. And then I keep moving and keep moving and keep moving. Why? Because I believe him. I know he loves me. And no matter what's happening, no matter what ditches I think I see coming up, he must go make a way for me to get right up over that. I'm not stopping. I'm moving on with the Lord. There was a song back in the day that said, I'm going on in the name of the Lord. I'm reaching for my goal, my eternal life's reward. He, I'm just going to keep moving. Why? Because of him. I trust him. And the moment I stop because of what I see is the moment I step out of faith. It says, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Verse 3. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, here's a promise, and it will be fulfilled. God's vision for your life will be fulfilled. That's supposed to create assurance on the inside of you. That's supposed to create a comfort on the inside of you that says God hasn't forgotten about me. God's not changed his mind concerning me. And what he said will come to pass. What is the business that he talked about? What is the relationship that he talked about? What has he said about your children? What has he said about your finances? What has he said about your, uh, your, your health? What has he said about you? Whatever he said about you will come to pass. I don't care what it looks like. Don't, again, it ain't about what it looks like. It ain't about what it sounds like. It ain't about what they said about you. It ain't about what they saying about you. Forget them. It's about what he said about you. Go by what you see. You see lack. You see stuff to try to make you doubt. 
you got to remember that Satan is a liar. And whatever he's presenting to you, the opposite is the truth. You look in your bank, you got $3. Well, I'm not going to stand there and now respond to the $3 as if that's what God said to be true. Amen? Somebody said, well, shoot, that's where I'm at now. Tell me what to do. You, you believe what he said. John 3, 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Lord, I, I declare prosperity in my finances. Now understand, that's not abracadabra. That don't mean magically you're going to look and there's $2 billion in your account. That would be magic. Faith is, I'm going to declare what God's word says and I'm going to now continue to stand and see and hear what he says. He will now give you instructions. If there's nothing you do this week, I want you to stay listening for instructions from the Holy Spirit. He will tell you specifically things to do on earth that will help manifest his will. For some of you, he'll tell you, switch your job. For some of you, he'll tell you, you better keep your behind on that job. For some of you, he will tell you, go to school. For some of you, he will tell you, go and have this conversation. And before you know it, it creates a networking relationship that opens up doors and things like that. But I promise you, he will tell you in one way or another, nine times out of ten, to get out your comfort zone. I don't know who said it, but it was on social media somewhere that they said comfort, uh, comfort zones are places dreams go to die. And that's, I thought about that. I said, man, that's so true. That's so true. Because those are spaces that we create. Those are man-made spaces that God ain't got nothing to do with. Think about Peter getting out of that boat in the midst of a storm. That wasn't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable to be the only one that's, that had enough faith to say, Lord, if that's you, Bid me to come. And what did Jesus say? Come on. He understood that it was more advantageous to be wherever Jesus was. Not where I feel like I'm safe. Not where everybody else wants to be. There was other people in that boat. You know that, right? He didn't look and say, ain't nobody going to go with me. You got to be willing to go at it alone. You got to be willing to trust Jesus. If, if, if you're the only one you got to be willing to say, that's where the answers are, that's where the truth is, that's where the life is, that's where the word is, and that's where I'm going to be. Because he understood that no matter if a storm is happening, no matter if this is water, and Peter was a fisherman, he knew what water was. He knew that if I step on this in the natural, there's going to be a problem. But something on the inside of him, also known as faith, was willing to trust Jesus more than nature itself. And when that man stepped out of that boat, physics had to change. Gravity was no longer in effect. God will change rules and laws and regulations to match his will for your life. When he gives his word, stuff has to change. This man stepped out the boat and he began to walk to Jesus. And then the Bible says, 
Then he looked at stuff around him. He got carnal for a minute. And it says, and immediately beginning to sink. He reached out. But who caught his hand? Jesus. You ain't sinking because you're trusting him. You're not going to sink. You're not going to sink. You're not going to sink. He shows up in the storm. He shows up on the water with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He showed up in the fire. He shows up in the midst of mess. So it doesn't matter what it is that you see that's trying to trap you. It doesn't matter what it is that looks like it's going to cause you to fail. It doesn't matter what traps people set for you. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Last time I checked, it said any tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn, you shall condemn, you shall, Father, condemn. No, you shall condemn. Why? By and how? By your faith in him. You'll condemn it and you'll prove it to be in the wrong. When I'm proving it to being in the wrong, only way I can do that is by proving him to be right. We got to trust God. If we want to change, if we want to be who he's called us to be, if you want to have what he's called you to have, you got to make a decision today that, that I'm changing. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting the Holy Ghost. I'm trusting the voice of the Father to carry me to where I need to be. Quit trusting you. Quit trusting them. And say, Lord, you are the only voice that matters. Lord, I make a choice today to be one of your sheep. Some of us need to, I'll say it this way, humble ourselves. I was going to say dumb ourselves down, but that, that, didn't, come, that didn't sound right. <laughs> Some of us need to humble ourselves and stop thinking we know better. You know something, but you don't know better than God. I thank God I didn't choose what I thought was ways because his ways are higher than my ways. I'm, I thank God I didn't trust my thoughts because his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I thank God I'm not responsible for my life. Oh, somebody don't hear me. I, I let go of the responsibility because I was messing it up. I was messing it up. And this is as a Christian. And I made a decision that I'm going to truly be changed by allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he was sent here to do, and that is to help me. It's time for some of us today to reach out and just say help. It's time for some of us today just to reach out and say, help me. Somebody, I'll say that, Holy Spirit. He says some of them just need to say, hold me. Did you know God wants to just hold you? He wants to just let you know that everything is all right. He wants to let you know that, it, that you are secure in him. And that he's here for you. And that he loves you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a head clap of praise. <laughs> Raise your hands with me. Father God, we just thank and praise you right now. And we thank you that you have sent the helper to help us. He is also our comforter. And Holy Spirit, we receive you today. We thank you that you're well able and well equipped just to hold us. Hold us in security and hold us 
and comfort and hold us in peace. We thank you that there is nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken in any area of our lives. We make the decision to have faith and not go by what we see, but to trust you. And we thank you that we're changing. We're changing, we're learning. We're learning how to trust you more and more. I declare right now peace in every life. I declare right now peace in every household. I declare nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken. I declare assurance because of the blood of Jesus. And Father, we receive these things. And as we go throughout this week, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you remind us of these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give God another hand clap of praise. God so loved us, he gave. Not because he had to, but because of love. We talk about giving in that same way. As we prepare for our offering time, I want you to make a decision. If you're going to give, give out of love, not out of necessity. The Bible talks about God loving a cheerful giver, a person who trusts them, a person who believes him. Not giving because somebody told you to. Not giving because you're afraid if I don't give, I'm going to be cursed. Well, the Bible says you're blessed. Giving is a reflex of love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he did what? He gave. If you love him, give. Somebody says, well, if I don't love him, I won't give. <laughs> if I love you, I trust you. And if God tells you to do something and you trust him, you do it. Not because somebody makes you feel guilty to do it. Not because somebody's, you feel like holding a spiritual gun to your head, <laughs> saying if you don't do this, you're going to experience failure in your life. That's not of God. So in this church we sow because we trust God. In this church we sow because the Holy Spirit directs us to. In this church we sow because we understand even when it comes to tithe, Abraham tithed before it was even a law. There's nothing wrong with tithing, nothing wrong with offering. In this church, we're not into what's your amount that you're going to give because we saw a widow in the Bible who gave two copper coins and it stopped Jesus in his tracks and he paid attention to that and not to the others who had gave, given many. There'll never be a $1,000, $2,000, whatever dollar lad in this church. Why? Because last I checked, I didn't see that in the Word. Now, God may tell you to give $1,000 or $2,000, whatever. That's between you and him. It's not for me to tell you. Amen? It's time that we get proper teaching on these things so that we stop, I don't know, just running people off from truth. So you do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Did you hear what I said? You do what he leads you to do. I used to feel guilty if I didn't give like every single week. Every time I walk into church. Yes, it's great if you walk into church every time and you sow. That's awesome. But somebody might have to pay rent tomorrow. And now they're deciding, what do I do? Well, if their faith is not at a place that they can sow, don't make them feel guilty because they got to go pay their rent. See, some people don't like to, oh, you saying, da, da, da. they ain't trusting God anyway. They're not there yet. They're still developing in their faith. 
They had to trust God to get the job to pay the rent. And now they're learning how to manage money. They're learning how to trust them in that. And that's cool. I'd rather you pay your rent and learn how to develop in having faith in God than making you feel guilty because I can trust God that way, but you can't. We got to stop that, church. We got to stop that. And then you hear about people secretly getting put out of their homes and this, that, and the other. Why? Because a preacher made them feel guilty and they tried to do something that they didn't really have faith to do. Mm. It's time we start being real in church and meet people right where they're at. Now, some preachers won't say nothing like this because they're scared that the offering won't be enough. Now, either I trust God or I don't. Did you hear what I said? This is, this is for somebody. Now, either I trust God or I don't. Don't let any preacher's insecurity create guilt in your life. This is the church that trusts God. We depend on God. And our belief is by continually teaching you the word, you will be able to do the same. Amen? Amen. So, Father God, we thank you and praise you for these gifts that we're sowing on today. We thank you that this is a result of our love for you, our trust in you. And Father, we don't care if it's a penny or if it's a million, we trust you with this seed. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for the lives that will be changed as a result of our obedience to you. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Reg, you can come on up and finish up. Guys, we love you so much. Thank you for letting us pastor you. Thank you for letting us share this word with you. And I just want you to know, man, uh, come Wednesday night, we're going to take it to another level and continue to enjoy this series in him. Amen. Amen. Let's give Pastor Archie another big hand clap of praise for that word. Amen. Hallelujah. Before we dismiss, there are three appeals we would like to make at this time. The first appeal has to do with salvation. If you're here this morning and you've never made him Lord of your life, we don't want you to leave here the same way that you came in. This is an important factor in your life. So if you're here this morning and you say, well, yes, I would like to make him Lord of my life, I want to serve him. In just a moment at the end of the service, we'll give you an opportunity to come forward at that time, and they will take you to a private area and pray with you there concerning that particular appeal. The second appeal we want to offer to you is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, there's another grace gift of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's called praying in the Spirit. It's not of the devil or anything like that, but the Scripture says that when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying a perfect prayer. So if you hear this morning and say, well, yes, I'm saved, but I've never released my prayer language. I would like for someone to pray, pray with me about that. We would like to do that for you as well. Third and final appeal has to do with church membership. If you hear this morning, you say, listen, I like this kind of teaching. I believe this is where I need to be so I can be taught the word of God with simplicity. Pastor Archie and Pastor Melissa would love to be your pastors, teach you the things of God in a simplematic way, just as you heard today. We believe that God orchestrates people, uh, their, their day to come and be at the place where they are designed to be at. So we would love for you to be a part of us. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to ask everyone to please stand to your feet. Turn and check with your neighbor. Ask them, are they saved? Are they filled with the Holy Spirit? Or would they like to have church membership? And encourage them, come on down. So if you would like to come down, now is the time. We invite you to come down on any one of those three appeals. Now is that time.
Hallelujah. Let's become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your I guess everybody's well with it today, amen? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that, amen. Hallelujah. Please remember, right after we dismiss, we will we'll be going right into our graduation exercise. If you would like to be a part of that, please remain and take your seats. We'd appreciate it very much. It'll be happening immediately after service, amen. Are we ready to go for today? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we listen to you today. We receive the word and we will humble ourselves to listen to you. We thank you, Lord God, that as we leave this place, we never leave your presence. Traveling grace is ours as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell somebody you love Jesus. <laughs>